Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Oh, man. The Big Show, 97.5, The Zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Some of the things that get talked about during our breaks are unbelievable. Well, let me, let me just say this, we can leave it there, but we meet some really interesting people in this business. We do. I mean, some real interesting people. With all kinds of backstories, all kinds of stuff going on, it, it's, yeah. Never a dull moment. No, never ne- unique. There's a lot of unique people. In when our Lloyd periphery. comes in and has a discussion, and when Lloyd's jaw hits the floor, you know that it's uh, aggressive. Because Lloyd is he's seen a lot in his days. <laughs> and nothing would really uh, shock Lloyd anymore. Would no, it? no, no. He's he's done and seen quite a bit. <laughs> Too much. In his days. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. All right, Gordon, we're th- we've been talking a lot of college football today, and I, I think uh, we've had a, a great discussion uh, talking about Chantel Jennings. She's got a piece in The Athletic that's really good talking about uh, the Pac-12, uh, diagnosing the condition of the Pac-12, and, and uh, we've examined a lot. Uh, Dennis Dodd, who covers college football for CBS Sports, and he's terrific. He was on with Hans and Scotty. Uh, he had a lot of interesting things to say, so I thought we could kind of you know, parlay our discussions and hear a little bit about what Dennis had to say because it's really all related. Yeah. And a lot of people out there can see what's going on with the with the Pac-12. Here's Dennis, and uh, let's start out with this, talking about um, how bad the current outlook for the Pac-12 conference is, especially compared with the other Power Fives. Yeah, I think it's dire in terms of perception now. That changes a whole lot if Oregon beats, um, I'm sorry, yeah, if Oregon beats Auburn in the first game because if you remember, to me, when Washington lost that first game last year to Auburn, uh, it gave everybody permission to just dismiss the Pac-12 on the national scene. At least that's the way I read it. So they've got to get, I mean, it's pretty clear, they've got to get a dominant team or two. The last two years, there, there's two, one team that's ended the season losing less than three games. That's 24 chance. That team was Washington State at 11-2. and two. So they, they've got to get a, a dominant team or two and, and make a splash in the playoffs. Because I, I'm, I'm just talking about you know, me going around the country. Uh, that's kind of the mindset. People are waiting to dismiss the Pac-12 uh, on the national scene because it's just been that way for a while. Oh, man. So what I could tell over you know, listening over Hans coughing. Um, Two years there. <laughs> He's talking talking about didn't even cover the the perception out there, which is something that you you chatted or you talked about uh, in the three o'clock three o'clock hour. Yes, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Look, you and I have both had uh, a a bit of a cough uh, over the last month. It happens. It does happen. happen. Turn your head and cough. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, or at least push the. The mute the button. button there. But they were on remote, so he just... Excuse me. All right, <clears throat> Vince. <clears throat> that happened to me last one week. More, <clears throat> one more thing from me before we let you go, Vince. Believe me, I've been fighting it for 
a lot. <laughs> but back to the point. I can't remember the point. What the Pac-12 the point? needs to make the playoff. Because the perception is out there that they're falling behind, whether that's reality or not. Now, if you read Chantel's piece, she would say that's that's very she much said, reality. Say, tw- tw- two of 20? Yeah. Which you wouldn't, not, not a great record. That's not a great share, no. right? And so the, the, it gets back to our talking about the top-end team can heal a lot when it comes to perception. You know, is the ACC really more hel- healthy than the Pac-12, or do they just have a, a baller team in Clemson? I think in the case of the Pac-12, not only have they sagged on the field and on the court of competition, they have less money. And when you pair those two things up, then, then it's, it's easy to draw conclusions like something's wrong. Because the the two are linked yes. or perceived, even though it might be uh, it might be more of what you just mentioned, which is not as big a problem. Because you think, okay, let me let me uh, uh, let me hypothetical here. USC hires Urban Meyer. How long before USC is seen as a dominant team? Well, with the history of Urban Meyer, if you look at it, probably year number one. Pretty quick. Well, what, he won the national championship in year number one at Florida and was undefeated in year number one at Ohio State. And two losses, year number one at Utah? Yep. So that's pretty good. Yeah, he and he, has he a does way. cherry pick those those great situations. Underachieving that, talented programs. Right. Which sums USC up, does it not? It does. So probably year number one, he would look pretty good. And so, it, let's say if something like that were to happen, and maybe not that specific thing, but something where USC got the guidance it needs and it is a, a playoff team, then suddenly are people looking at the Pac-12 as, as uh, they'd say, yeah, they're short of money. But uh, other than that, that would kind of camouflage everything else, wouldn't it? I think so. And I don't even think they would need to win a playoff game. They just need to get there. I mean, you want to talk about baby steps. They just need to put somebody in the mix. They need to have a top-end team. I really don't think the Pac-12 is that tough to win. I know there are others who disagree with me in that regard, but I'm saying relatively compared to the Pac-10, I mean the, the Big Ten, the, the uh, ACC, uh, these other conferences, the SEC, I know, I know there are bad teams in those leagues. I get it. But it's not I – mean, people talk about the Pac-12 almost like that's a, just an excuse, a handy excuse for why they don't have a dominant team because the conference is so tough in the, uh, in the middle of it. I don't know about that. Well, I do. I I think 100% that's an issue because let's let's look But at is the, it true? Well, yes, look at the You think the Pac-12 is tougher than other all the other conferences? Well, here's let me let me okay. let me point this out. Give me a bottom-ish Big 10 team last year. Whatever. Uh Oregon Indi- State. Indiana Big, oh, Big 10. 10. Uh, Indiana. Yeah. Would Indiana have a prayer at beating Ohio State? I mean even a prayer. Does Oregon State? Well, that's why I'm saying bottom-ish. Don't give me the rock bottom. Cal was a bottom-ish team last year, and they beat Washington. What did, what did Cal finish? Uh, they were 7-6, and six, weren't they? Here, hold on. Let me look it up. Where would you put Northwestern? I know they were good, and then they but they fell off a little bit, and then they beat Utah in the bowl game. Yeah. Would they be down near the bottom third? Uh, or are they still high enough because they were in that bowl game? I would say they were high enough because they were in both. Uh, Cal was seven and six overall, but but four and five in league. Well, 
I don't know. I'm just not sure I'm buying that. It sounds like a handy excuse. Oh, well, the Pac-12 has so many tough teams in it. They have some good teams, but so do other conferences. But all the teams are the same. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that's true. Pretty close to true. Oregon State's football program is in shambles. Uh-huh. And that's the only one, right? I mean, Colorado was 5-7 last year. UCLA hasn't exactly been tough. Right? No, but in recent memory, they had those Brett Hundley teams that were really good. Yeah, I, I'm looking at last year. Right, I got you. Uh, I, may, maybe there's some truth to it, but I don't think that's something to lean on. All right, let's move on. Here's uh, Dennis's take on what he expects from the Utes. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, <clears throat> Vin. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jeez. One more, <clears throat> one more thing from me before we let you go, Vince. Thank you so much, Austin. <clears throat> Two years there. <laughs> Oh, oh what, sorry. What did you? Yeah, we were we were throwing to a clip, uh, Dennis <laughs> talking about the the youth. Well, thank you for that. Thank you very much, Austin. I don't think it makes any. I mean, I agree. I, I think they will be picked first. I, I have picked them first. Um, they've got their best player back. I'm trying to remember this: quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Um, I think defensive line. So that's a good place to start. And Kyle is Kyle is the best coach out there that doesn't get you know the publicity of the other. That's why he's being mentioned. And if uh, if USC is smart, if they do anything with Clay Clay Helton, uh, you know they'd be they do themselves well to take a giant swing at Kyle. I'm, I'm not even saying he'd come, but you've got to you know you've got to try to get the absolute best guy out there, whether it's Urban Meyer or Kyle Whittingham. You've at least got to try. So. I think what Kyle's done there is, is remarkable. I think he's, you know, transitioned schools from Mountain West to Pac-12 and become more than uh, competitive. I'll tell you, in a lot of ways, Kyle has been in a perfect situation where the pressure isn't that great. He makes a ton of money, and uh, he's he's done a good job, but he gets a lot of credit by people like Dennis Dodd. Yeah, and he's been able to win. Maybe not win at the very highest levels since he's become a member of the of the Pac-12 because I, I would say 08 Sugar Bowl and uh, was pretty darn good. Yeah, but I was talking about in relation to the Pac-12. No, no, no I got you. I, I knew. I just wanted because to because as to you clarify. and all your minions think, none of that stuff that happened before really mattered. <laughs> but I mean, think about it. He, he Pertnier got fired a few years in and turned it around with some winning. I mean, he's he's won a lot of football games, probably well, he, more than he should. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, I'm not sure what that means. What do you mean he's you're not sure what that means? He's more than he should. What, what, do you, what does that mean? Um, Utah doesn't have the most advantages in the conference. Not even close. I think Utah is a heck of a school. and It's got a great facility up there. It's got a nice stadium. It's got What's, what's not to like? No, I got it. But do they have the advantages of the California schools in Oregon? Uh, in Washington, I'm not, I'm not even sure what that means. I don't know. I mean, you're the one who puts USC on a pedestal all the time. They I, have, put, I put USC on a pedestal? Do they have the advantages of USC? No, of course not. Well, nor UCLA, nor Stanford, nor Cal. Who in the Pac-12 does have the advantages of USC as far as legacy goes? Well, I know who does not, and that's Utah. That's my point. Yeah, but Utah fits in 
well with the rest of the. I get tired I'm not of that whole. They don't fit I get tired in well. of all Utah, that poor little school in the mountains. They were like, oh, BS, man. It's a great school. It's got great facilities. I'm not yeah. saying they're New Mexico State, dude. I'm just saying they're at a disadvantage compared to a lot of the rest of the conference. Like who? I just told you. Who else? Okay, Oregon. I said all the California schools. Oregon, Washington. Yes. What advantage does Cal have over Utah? The recruiting area that it resides in, for one. Oh, come on! No, 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 no. That's I don't. I don't believe that. I bet Marshawn Lynch would beg to differ. (laughs) Could just drop Aaron Rodgers too. I was just thinking of somebody from the Oakland area. I mean, there's a lot of great football players that come out of that area. And I know that we've been growing uh, around here as far as D1 football players go, but it's still not San Francisco, Oakland area. Well, when we were talking with uh, Chantel, she was talking about the dearth of defensive linemen in the Pac-12. Well, that's not true for the Utes. So? They've had a dearth of quarterbacks. They've had a dearth of receivers. What's your point? That Utah isn't some gutty little outfit that has no advantage. It's, I think that's overdone. I think it's, it has a lot of advantages. Mm-hmm. Just not as many as others. Sure. Well, what, Does mean, Utah have Uncle it, Phil have you been paying everybody? Okay, so Does, Oregon and USC, but after Does that, Utah have the weather? No. Does, well, I thought you said you liked it cool. I thought you said you like it cold. Since when I mean, is it me who matters in this opinion? <laughs> well, maybe other people are like you. So I mean, somebody you have, that you grows have, up. You have, terrific, you have some terrific uh, uh, Pacific Islanders who come into the Utah football program and play great and don't mind the snow. I don't understand why on earth you're digging in your heels on this particular point. Because like, this is something PK and I have talked about. That Utah is not this this underprivileged little outfit that doesn't have any any kind of advantages to it. it well, does. compared to Wyoming, you're right. No, I'm talking about in the Pac-12. I mean, you make it sound like that Cal, because it's in California, has every advantage. It, it just, I, I don't think that's really what. I'm does saying it. that when it comes to advantages, and that's what college football is all about. All about how do you play the advantages that you have as a program? Utah has fewer than USC. I don't understand how this okay, is but controversial. That's true for 99.9 percent of the programs so in America. That's not Utah is competing directly with these teams. I'm not talking about the rest of America. Talking Poor about their Utah. direct Poor Utah. competition. They, they have a crappy school. They don't have anything that to offer. That is not offer what I'm saying po- at all. They, and how, you know how, that. how do they even win at all? It's just a little you know, backwater outfit out there in the Wasatch. It's just not true. People come here and are impressed by what they see. Now, Kyle deserves credit for maintaining that and others he's building off of what others did before him. So I give him credit for that. But it's not like he's having to sell some piece of crap program. I never called it a piece of crap program or anything. Well, you sure made it sound substandard in the Pac-12. They don't have as many advantages as other schools in the Pac-12. I don't know know what advantages you're talking about. I just named you like half a dozen. Are you you population (laughs) base? Population base in and of itself is uh, that's not. 
Yes, uh, it matters. No. It does. No, because a lot of kids want to go away. We talked with, uh, who was it we talked to last week about Arizona State? Said all the people back there. How, how big is Phoenix? Is it like the 10th or 11th biggest city in America? And just because. And every, they can't keep their athletes there? Just because every program doesn't parlay their advantages into success doesn't mean that those <laughs> advantages don't exist, sir. No, I think Utah has a lot of advantages. It's a terrific school. It's a terrific program. They have great facilities. They have they have terrific coaches. What? Where's the disadvantage? Would you really rather go to USC and get your head kicked in, uh, or go to UCLA? I mean, and, and then come to Utah and have all the advantages why, you have here. Why do Utah's recruiting classes not uh, exceed those other schools? Then uh, Utah's recruiting classes have been edging, just edging upward. You know now that. they're. Player development has been better than a lot of other schools out there. Remarkably better, actually. But I'm talking about their recruiting classes. If all these advantages are null and void, like you're talking about, why doesn't Utah... Oh, so now you're basing your whole argument on... Uh, a bunch of people out there who add stars to the name of uh-huh. a player in for high the, school? For the sake of this argument, yes, I am. Why doesn't Utah land more five-star players they, if those they, advantages they a, they don't get, exist? They get a lot of the players that they need. No, they get plucky cast-offs that they develop into <laughs> great players. This is such a line of crap. This is what people say. I hear it over and over again. It's just not true. If Tyler Huntley, Utah has a ton to offer. If Tyler Huntley were offered scholarships to Florida State, Miami, or Florida, he wouldn't be here. You don't know that for a fact. Uh, I suppose not, but what would you bet on there, Gordo? No, I I think that's a presumption on your part. I know he wasn't offered any of those schools. I know the only other uh, D1 offer that he got, or Power 5 offer that he got, I believe, was Louisville. Thank you, Dennis Erickson. 100%. And I'm not arguing with the player that he's developed into. I'm just telling you. That they have to develop those types of players, and they do. But there really are a lot. There it. are a lot of schools that have to do that. You don't say. Yeah. So your argument is a bunch of hot air. Okay, Gordon. <laughs> uh huh. Poor Utah. That little uh, that little uh, disadvantaged program in the in the mountains somewhere. You know, they have dirt streets out there, and they have a bunch of ponies pulling uh, carriages around it's you can you can you can put uh, wrapping on your argument with whatever colorful language you want i think people know exactly <laughs> i think you're who under, is correct in I this think discussion you've undervalued what utah football is all about and why haven't they won the league yet then gordon <laughs> if they have all <laughs> the same advantages <laughs> as everybody else then is kyle whittingham really a good coach <laughs> Now you're shifting the whole argument again. That's exactly the argument. All right. I'm, I'm tired of this. <laughs> me too. And I need a break Tell from you. Tell me about it. Joining Andrew, us now, help us, Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic is with us. Andrew, uh, help us talk about something else, will yeah. you? <laughs> I'll try. Give us something we can't argue about. Right. And apparently your product, there's no argument right. involved. Right. Well, we have seen a lot of guys struggling with erectile dysfunction. That's been the subject today. Um, they may be relieved to know that there's something new, and there hasn't been been um, invention when it comes to ED for a, a number of years. It's been the pills. This was FDA cleared about five years ago, clinically proven to increase blood flow. So a guy with ED needs more blood flow, no medication, uh, clinically proven to open up the blood vessels with a few treatments. This is the coolest part. Not surgical, not invasive. You come into the clinic a few times, um, two, three weeks, you're back to normal in the bedroom. So 
first part of August, you you could be back. Think about that. If you're struggling with ED, you've probably been struggling for a while. It's probably been getting worse. You're probably taking more medication than you have been, and we can get you know you back to normal and eliminate all the meds. You guys are treating the problem. Not the symptom. It's which, the first thing that has treated the root cause of the problem, which is blood flow, blood vessels, um, the shriveling up of blood vessels, all of that that, that goes along with just a, the aging process. All right. The number, 801-901-8000. Give them a call, 801-901-8000. You're taking all the risk out of this for our listeners. We are. We're making it as easy as we can. Um, for those that pick up the phone and call us right now, we'll do an assessment with our doctor, an exam. He'll spend really as much time as you want with him. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound to see where you're at. This is totally free, probably has a $300 value or so. Um, so pick up the phone, call us now. There's no obligation and no cost to those that do. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. More next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thank you very much for making us a part of your Monday. Mixing in a little bit of basketball real quick here, Gordon. Donovan Mitchell's uh, chances at making the national team for the FIBA World Cup got a little bit better today. In fact, have been getting a a little bit better over the past couple of weeks, actually, as um, Bradley Beal is withdrawing his name from consideration. He's not going to go to the USA Basketball Training Camp. Uh, He joins James Harden, Anthony Davis, C.J. McCollum, and Eric Gordon, who have all previously withdrawn. That brings the pool down to 15 members. And then during the show, actually probably an hour ago or so, Marcus Smart is now going to be included in the camp. So back up to 16. But Donovan Mitchell's odds of making the final 12 roster, I I actually think are really good. Is this good or bad? Good. Absolutely good. I mean, at, at this point in time in Donovan's career, uh, where publicity, I guess, or at least notice for his brilliance is uh, is important to him. But uh, is it good news for the Jazz? Do the Jazz want him involved in all that stuff, or would they rather have him concentrate on winning basketball games for the Jazz? Well, I think they can actually go hand in hand with in in this stage in Donovan Mitchell's Donovan Mitchell's career. He's a young guy. You want him learning. You want him developing his game. It's not about load management right now with Donovan. He's not at that age. You as long want as him he doesn't get hurt. As long, and and that's a risk you're always going to run. But but Donovan, you want him playing basketball. I think Even yeah, if, that's something you've said in the past. He's going to be playing ball somewhere, right? Regardless, but it will be more intense in that setting than it might be in pickup games. Maybe, but I think the the benefit is certainly worth the risk. Get him down there. Get him amongst those coaches. Get him competing against these players. Gaining a, confidence that comes right. with the experience. A good old-fashioned tryout. I, I remember uh, years ago when Kyrie Irving was around the same stage in his career as Donovan, and he was in this USA camp, and Kobe was still... Kobe, not I'm thinking pre Achilles Kobe, right? 
And Kyrie Irving went down there, and you remember he challenged Kobe to a one-on-one, and Kobe beat the pants off him, and all the. Uh, and it's just a chance to go uh, go down there and learn from these guys, and and to soak all this up, get good coaching, work out with the best, and compete against the best to make this roster. I I don't think the actual World Cup is as important as the camp itself. Mm. Yeah, that could be. And you gotta, I mean. Maybe if you're Dante Exum, your outlook on this is a little bit different given his injury history. But for Donovan Mitchell, he needs to play. He needs to develop. He needs and to he learn. Ne- and he needs to believe that he belongs amongst the best. And that, that's, I, you think he would already feel that way. But, man, it, to have that reinforced is big. I was watching highlights of him. Some of his, the plays he made, uh, he's made for the Jazz earlier today. And some of that stuff is just spectacular. It's spectacular what he's capable of doing. Now, what needs to improve? Consistency and efficiency in being able to do that more often. And maybe this is a step, a positive step in the right direction for that to happen. I think it's no different as like a high school player that you send to the Britton Johnson camp or something like that. You know, you, you send them to these camps. Might get hurt. To get yeah, but you send him to these camps to get good coaching I and know. develop his players, and I, I think Donovan is right in that part of his career. Plus, where Jazz he fans needs get, to get a better. kick out of it to see one of their own uh, gain the spotlight. Well, let me ask you this, Gordon. Uh, the in my opinion, or let me tell you, I'll, I'll deliver my opinion. The the number one thing that needs to happen for the Jazz truly to be title contenders, if they're not already, is for Donovan to take the the step into stardom. Yeah. To be the top-end guy, to be the number one. And and he needs to do that quick because the Jazz is currently constituted, have about a two-year window. And then who knows how it'll look down the road. How much of that is physical? How much is mental? They're both important. And I think these kinds of experiences help in that regard. Hey, I'm not just another guy. Right. I'm Donovan freaking Mitchell. I can play this game at the highest level. Give me the ball. So I, I get your point and I agree with it, but I would still say it's more physical than mental at this point. He's got some skill development to do. Really? You th- really you think that's more important? The skill development is more important than the read and recognition, the understanding when to pass, when not to pass, when to make the right move at the right time, when to make the right decision to go a certain way. I get it, but yeah, I think so. I, I think it's probably well, pretty I, close. But, but yeah, I mean, he still needs another move or two to put in the arsenal. He yeah. still needs to be more consistent from three. Um, he needs to figure out probably his pick and rolls a little bit better. I mean, the Jazz' most effective pick and roll last year did not involve Donovan Mitchell. You know, so those things I do believe still he still needs to develop. His, his, his actual game has not arrived yet. And that, by the way, I'm not trying to knock Donovan Mitchell by any means because his game on the floor right now is really, really good. And I think he's got more. I think there's more there uh, as Maybe long as so. he develops it. Well, I, that could be. It might also just be a matter of consistency. And is consistency physical or mental? Mm. Probably both. So sure. we're both right. Sure. Four words. You are right, Jake. Thanks, Gordon. Wow, that just... But so, but so am I. <laughs> that just improves my mood after the, the last segment. You are right, Jake. Everybody at home, say it with me. 
You are right, Jake. Oh, I heard everybody, too. That just, you know what? There you go. It resonated through the entire valley. Feeling it? good. Okay. I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> I, I just threw up in my mouth like hands during a Dennis Dodd interview. Oh, good one, Austin. How'd that go again? <laughs> we're not going to play that again. Because then he'll play mine again, and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> okay, you are right. We could we could diagnose the mystery scream during the Dennis Dodd uh, interview. That was strange. <coughs> Excuse me, are Okay. <laughs> Was there a scream? I didn't really pay attention to the Excuse scream. Me, Dawson, stop it! <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Somebody giving birth in there? She had a little bit of water. <clears throat> Excuse me, all right. Okay, <laughs> that's enough. That's enough. He's got a lot of stuff in there. He does. He? I know, that's why. Excuse me, jeez. As you know, this is a highly complex case. One more, one more thing from me before we let you go, Vince. Let me see here. Oh, great! You, you've, your editing skills are really top-notch, Austin. Me, geez, I'm so proud of you. You're really, what, you're really you getting stuff, You're really getting stuff done over there. Aren't are, you, are you suggesting that he is making things sound different than they really were? Uh, I'm just saying that he edited together two clips. Together. You don't know that I did that. It sounded pretty authentic. Wait, who who else would have done it? I don't know. There's at least twelve other people capable of doing that in this building right now. Who would be motivated to do so? Everyone not named Jake. They're out to get you because you don't like it. No, it's not my favorite thing. No, (laughs) no, it's it's true. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next. It is the Big Show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty of the Zone. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thanks for making us a part of your Monday. Austin, did they really get to the bottom of the uh, the Dennis Dodd scream? Did that uh, did that happen? They did, but it was off air. I'm not sure if I'm authorized to dis- to uh, divulge what it was. Should we play it though? Wait, wait, wait. Is it that controversial? The actual what actually no. happened? No, but I'm just not the one that received word. Okay, I'm getting word I can share. Oh, with, okay. With the well, results. let's let's see if Gordon and I can guess. And then, and then we'll get the actual. Uh, we'll get the actual what happened. Uh, I, I heard this live, and I actually, I've got to admit, I thought it was Scotty who who screamed. But it, 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 when I listened to it again, it's definitely not. So, Gordon, let's try and figure out what exactly happened here. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, go ahead, Austin. Sorry. We're just about the same as they have been for years. It ranges from sixty-five <laughs> from sixty-five to seventy-five. What's your guess? I'm guessing that some bozo knew that he was doing an interview and tried to interrupt. I uh, let me get uh, let me get in touch with the vibes of the universe here. I think it was someone in the car with Dennis who had just yawned and just made a funny noise after he was done yawning. Let's hear it again. From sixty-five. <laughs> <laughs> Super slow mo is, is more funny, by the way. Who's right, Austin? Well, one of you is a cheetah. 
Oh, did you cheat? I didn't cheat. I just knew. Come on. I saw you look at your phone. Did you cheat? Did Austin text it to you? No, he didn't text it to me. We talked about it while you were out of the studio. And he told me what it was. Oh, I was saying so Jake Austin was the cheater. Huh? Cheated. I see. How did I cheat? Well, that segment. I told was you lot, I knew what it was. was. A lot less fun well, than it should have been. We didn't know <laughs> you were going to do that. I didn't Gordon know Gordon was going to do that. Though. Jeez. I'm like the guy that gave that little lamb uh, that extra. Well, whatever here it was. A P- you're like the P-E-D. guy that uh, cheats at the Easter egg hunt. Oh wait. Here I thought it was going to be a, a fun little segment where we could laugh at a funny bit. And Gordon just goes ahead and blurts it right out. I didn't even know you knew. I was like Way to go. Fifth, I was in fifth grade when I was informed where the golden block was in the Easter egg. And that makes it okay. I was just a young kid. That was 62 years ago. What would you have done had it been you? I wouldn't would have you cheated. you have disqualified yourself? First of all, I've never been into the Easter uh, festivities, of when even when, when I was old. No. What? They'd hand me back and be like, we're doing the Easter egg hunt. And I'd be like, ah, oh, crap. I have to pretend I care about this. <laughs> so what's your excuse this time? Austin just told me right before you decided to make some sort of guessing game out of it. So I thought it would be funny that I knew the exact thing it was when you were over there just guessing. Austin, during the break, said, I'm not going to tell you because we'll have a nice fun segment was- where we can guess and see if you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not that's exactly what you said. <laughs> Did you say that? I didn't hear. Not you exactly, that. but I can see where Jake would have gone to that, and uh, so I am. I am complicit here. So I sit back down. I think, yeah, this could be fun. We'll play a funny little bit. We'll we'll make some stupid guesses, and Austin will hit us with the real reason. And, Shame on me! And, and by golly, I was exactly right. It's like the guy playing Clue that just guesses on his first turn and gets it right. He's like, well, game over. Guess we're gonna wait till it stops raining now. <laughs> Even knowing what it was, does it sound like someone yawning? No. Like we're just about the same as they have been for years. It ranges from sixty-five. Ah! Who no. yawns like that? It doesn't no. sound like somebody yawning. It sounds like somebody you know just jabs themselves with a pen or something. I. Which or, would have been a hilarious guess if you happened to play <laughs> along. That would have been a funny little bit. Boy, I bet he stabbed himself with a pen. Ha 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 ha! Bye. Ah! No, that's not the noise I make after I'm... Oh, okay, so if I'm yawning, I go... <sighs> I don't go... Bye. Yeah, that's weird. But who might I judge? More Big Show coming up right around the corner. But until then, our good friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic is here in studio. Did that sound like a yawn, Andrew? Did you have a chance to hear that? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Kind of did. <laughs> Well, Gordon, uh, you know, ruined it for everybody. Thanks Sorry. a lot, Gordon. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I was that, just you know. informed. What am I supposed to do? And, uh, Andrew, you guys are probably ruining it for a lot of those medication companies out there. Yeah. You found a better way to treat ED. Yeah, I've thought about this. As this spreads across the country, I wonder if it'll have an effect on, you know, these big pharma companies. Uh, this acoustic wave therapy is basically the first and only treatment that is not medication, essentially. Injections, you know, hormones or the pills, of course. It treats the root cause of ED by opening up the blood vessels. And if you think about it, it's kind of clearing out the plumbing, so to speak, um, and getting guys back to normal and natural spontaneity in the bedroom. No medication. And no medication means no more side effects. 
And it means you can get back to normal. No, yeah. None of the pre-planning and all that stuff. You can actually have a normal life. None of the pre-planning. You know, don't have to think about it. Um, spontaneity is so key for guys. They miss that so much where things just work without having to really think about it. You know, Andrew, you talk like you really know what you're talking about. Having had these conversations with guys and your doctor there gives this free consultation to them. That, uh, that sounds like a real advantage to them because then they can decide whether they want to proceed and at no charge. Yeah, that's a Exactly right. The assessment is so key, and it's free. There's no risk to it. Um, we found that the primary care physicians and even urologists, you know, they're writing prescription for pills. They don't really look at the problem. They don't look at what's led you to this problem. Um, and the pills don't work for like 50% of guys. They cause side effects in 75%. So you come on in, get analyzed, and see if the treatment's a good fit for you. Hmm. All right, here's the number, 801-901-8000. Get on the schedule. There's no risk to it. Get in and get evaluated, 801-901-8000. Andrew, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. What a way to start the week, Gordon. We're talking a lot of football, and there's going to be a lot of football on the horizon because uh, media day is Wednesday, and then camps start next week. That's right, and uh, and the NFL camps are underway, are they not? Darn near. Some are. I know the Broncos are. They were the first to open camp. Yeah, so it's, it's football season. Woohoo! Yeah, that's always a fun time of year. And with uh, with the anticipation about what might happen, what the Utes might be capable of. I mean, this is heady talk that we haven't heard about the Utes uh, heading into a season for a long, long time. I just like that I got to use your line against you today that you usually use against me. What's that? Are you deep? Yeah, we got a, we got a, uh, a tweet from someone that said... Uh, can't even listen to the big show when these endless, senseless arguments break out. So, yeah. I'm sorry a, I tweeted that. Take I, a I, lesson. <laughs> you need to take a lesson from that dude and just agree with me and move on. Okay. I'll just agree with you. That doesn't seem like just, something just, that you I'm would do. I'm just going to agree with but, you, Jake. Whatever you say, I'm just going to say right on, bro. Really? Yeah. For mm-hmm. the rest, For the rest of this show. You know, Gordon, I think you need to uh, take 50% of your net worth and donate it to Austin and myself. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that, that is so you to take advantage of my peaceable gesture to you. You gave him your word you'd agree no, no. with him. You did. And I didn't say 100% of your net worth. I was well, leaving you some. That's me throwing my word right in that garbage can right there because you <laughs> took advantage of a situation where I was trying to make peace, not war. So you immediately go to rip me off. For our listeners who missed it, I have a snippet of that argument. Here it is. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. You can't triple stamp a double stamp, Lloyd. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Lloyd, Lloyd. You guys, enough. Yeah, that, that was in case you missed it. That's pretty much what it's. Harumph, harumph, harumph. Man, I, I was I making a lot. I was making a lot of sense too, and it's just like talking to a brick wall. No, just everyone, a brick wall who every, personally every, no. insults you. Everyone runs down Utah football and the University of Utah like it's some little program somewhere, and it isn't worth jack squat. They have a cute stadium. It's a terrific school, and it's got lots to offer, and it's got great facilities. It's a 
poor Utah. They can't compete against those big bad bullies in the Pac-12. Which is that's nobody said anything that's like exactly resembling you, that. Exactly okay, stop, stop. Oh yeah, I'm stop. supposed to agree. You're right, Jake. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, tomorrow on the show, Gordon, we're going to have a chance to talk to one of the newest jazz players, Emmanuel Mou- uh, Moutier. Going to have a chance to have a one-on-one with him and uh, chat with him about why he picked the Jazz and what he thinks his role is going to be on this team coming up. So yeah, that should that, be fun. And that's interesting for people because after Mike Conley, what happens next? You know, Dante Exum, what role can he play? How healthy will he be? Is he more useful at the two than he is at the one? Uh, Moutier, and, and if anything happens to anyone, then you would expect Moutier to play a vital role. Big thanks to Andrew Reinhardt of Wasatch Medical Clinic who joined us today. Thanks to uh, Chantel Jennings of The Athletic. She was terrific. Uh, you can catch that interview online, 1280thezone.com. In fact, uh, go to your favorite podcast catcher, search out The Big Show, and subscribe to all of our material, including uh, all of our hours, our interviews as well. Thanks to Austin Horton, executive producer of The Big Show. Thank you, Gordon, kind of. Thank you. Uh, everything you said is right on the money. Just I agree with you. absolutely correct in every way. Talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.